previously on the Social Proof Podcast. My first property was $250,000, right? I used the FHA 3.5% down. But let's say, for instance, I want to go all cash for that deal. I still would be saving up money working that day job, making $50,000 a year. I would still be saving to this day before I would have bought that first property. But by using leverage, putting money, just a little bit of money down, borrowing the rest, now I was able to build my empire that, that much sooner, whereas I'll still be in my own way, like, oh, I'm just waiting to save up $250,000 to buy this first deal. So that's like the power of leverage and the velocity of money that you speak of, where you put a little bit of money, get a bit large asset. And as long as you run your numbers correctly and it cash flows, there's nothing wrong with taking on debt. People get into issues when they're buying properties, paying too much, and they don't cash flow. It's a, you know, it's a one uh, debt service coverage ratio. Now they're stuck where they're just banking on appreciation. Hopefully one day the value will go up. But the, what I like about the fact is when you're buying at that 65% rule you, and you refinance at 75%, 80%, you still have 20 to 25% equity in that deal. So if the economy drops 10%, values drop 10%, it doesn't matter technically because you're still cash flowing. And then say five years goes on and that tenant has been paying down the, paying down the debt so that would means your principal is going down lower, which increased your equity. So like what you said, in five years, you refinance, you could tap into that equity, buy more cash flowing assets. And now you're in that number one subscription business in the world, which is real estate, in my opinion. And, and everyone around here, we all have ATM machines. So what is an ATM machine? Every 30 days, we can actually tap into our ATM machines and get a lump sum of cash out and have that on rotation. That's the beautiful thing about real estate. David, see, I'm sorry. Oh my God, the anxiety, I just felt it in my stomach. So it works, right? It works, but I know for, especially during this climate, a lot of people, it just didn't work for. What happens when a tenant doesn't pay and then it becomes a domino effect because now you have five different properties. So Mary stopped paying. You had to take a portion of Susie's rent to cover the debt on Mary's. It's just a lot. But when you're dealing with infinite banking, like we talked about, you're able to utilize the same money twice. So yes, I took 100000 but no, I didn't buy a property. I put it into a policy instead. And then I'm able to pull about 70 policy. to 75% of that money out to buy a property anyway. Like for instance, I showed you what 150, take 97 out, right? But the whole 150 is technically still there because it's insurance, like you buy wealth. That, that's what happens when it comes down to real estate. And if you think about it on like a, a larger scale, we're talking about leveraging and using banks money, right? But if you look at the FDIC, they take our money and they buy insurance policies with it because it's tax-free. You understand what I'm saying? You're, you're gaining interest between 4 to 8%, depending on how your policy is written. So I'm leveraging. I'm just leveraging my money opposed to the bank's money. So, so when I listen to wealthy people and they say, OPM, OPM, when I start to dig into some of their strategies, the OP is our people. They're like, we're using other people's money. Yeah, the money we're putting in the bank. Mm. You're getting about 1%. So to me, like it works. Like if it's not broke, don't fix it for you guys. But you have to really focus on affluence and not influence. Who you learn from is really, really important because it has to work for you. Real estate now and investing is super sexy. Real real estate is not sexy. Okay, it's hard. It's hard work. It's patience. It's dedication. But you have to have a comfort zone. I don't want a bank to be calling me like you didn't pay me and I have to call my tenant like you didn't pay me and then it's gotcha. a sob story like oh no but, but gotcha. I, would, I would say yeah. this right it really <clears throat> depends on where you are and what game you're playing yeah. right yeah. so for the investor that's looking to have a small number of doors I think your strategy works well but if you're looking to have hundreds or thousands of I mean create massive amount of wealth you have to be able to use leverage there's no way around it right 
So the other thing too is that when people talk about when you really want to, how I had to, I started doing duplexes, fourplexes, sixplexes. I was doing just that, trying to, uh, you know, put money in, cash flow them. But I got to a certain point. If I wanted to double the number of units that I had, I had to come to the table with a million, two million dollars, right? So there's no way that I, I could save up two million dollars. I had to be able to think of innovative ways to get that money and. One of the things that I really just want to leave with you, Dave, for those people that are looking to go that route, the way to do it is you have to form teams. You have to learn the rules. You have to learn about syndications. You have to learn how to pull money and you have to learn how to analyze risk. If you have a great deal, the money will follow you. It's as simple as that. If you have a good deal, it's easy to raise $5 million because there's money on the sidelines that's chasing chasing because they're looking for that ultimate return. So if you have a good deal, that's why I said, if you have a deal, call me. We're going to get the money. We're going we gonna to make it pop. I don't I care like if it's 15 talking. million, 20 yeah. million, like 30 million. Yeah. We're going to get the money if it's a good deal. Yeah. You know? I love it. Yes, I love it. Yeah, I, I want to get uh, you all's perspective as well. Well, you two. Yeah. Uh, well, for us, I, I agree with what they're saying. First and foremost, it depends on which product type you're dealing with. If you're dealing with just residential, smaller scale or you're doing multifamily commercial uh, as it relates to leverage. You know, for us, our average deals range anywhere between 35 to 45 million. The so, average deal. The average deal. So it's about 150 to 200 plus units. That's why I can't ask you, hey, you got a building that I'm looking for? That's right. <laughs> it's like, so uh, it's so you, if you think about that in perspective right now, we have about a this year we'll do about 120 million in development, which is what we pretty much average. So no, we don't have 120 million dollars just to go put out there from a cash <laughs> standpoint. And um, so leverage leverage is good, and you don't want to over leverage. You want to make sure that you're looking at you know some key metrics as you leverage. Uh, one is related to you know what that break even looks like on the property. Like you said, if Susie and Joe and you know don't pay, then you know you start getting that feeling there. You see that cash flow eroding. But it is it's, it's a risk game. If you're not ready to lose money, then don't get in this business. Read about it, hear about it, dream about it. Don't get in. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you, we look at the break-even analysis on the deal. So if it's a, a hundred, you know, hundred fifty unit, you know, property, we'll look at that break-even analysis to see at what point, how long can we sustain, you know, um, the economic vacancy dipping, you know, for us to hit the break-even point. It's so important that Black voices are represented in Black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of Black uh, voices and influencers from Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. 
I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. Is that an 87% economic you know, vacancy? That means how many people are not paying rent? How many units you're not collecting rent on? Whether it's a vacant unit or whether it's an occupied unit. Because some people don't pay not because they're, you know, they're unable to pay. They don't pay because they're unwilling to pay. So, but until you get them to pay, all right, um, you still don't receive that money and that mortgage comes in every month, all right? So therefore, we look at the break even if it's 80%, 83%, 80, 87%, whatever, the higher it is, the riskier the deal is. The lower it is, the less risky the deal is. So that's one metric. So that's very important as you look at the deals that you're investing in, is to look at that break even point. That's all your rents, you know, and minus all your expenses and look at what that vacancy looks like and you can figure out what your break even is, you know, on your deal. Then we look at something that's called debt service coverage ratio. Okay. A lot of times you see the acronym DCR and that just shows you how much cash flow you're making on that property after it's all said and done. You receive all your rents with at least some type of vacancy that you're gonna project on there. Usually it could be anywhere, they average about 7% on commercial deals. Unless it's just an extremely great deal, it's in a strong area, you may go down to 5%. But you pay all your expenses and you look at that cash, that, that net income, that net income that you get, you actually, it's, it's really a formula where you divide that into what your mortgage payment is. And that gives you a debt service coverage ratio. We like to be somewhere around a 1.25. When the deals come to our boardroom, if we're not somewhere around there, then you've got to explain to me what are, what are the other factors that are taking place here for me to even um, look at this underwriting that's not meeting our threshold of that 1.25. It may be 1.20. Maybe there's some things that we'll get that's going to make um, where we, the debt is, has to be that high or the interest rate is higher or whatnot. But our residual value, which means depending on what our exit is, remember when I talked earlier, always understand what your exit is going to look like at the infancy of the deal. And so therefore, I can say, all right, we're good to go. Let's move forward on this. This is only a 1.20. So just to give you an example, if it's supposed to if you if you if if you if you think you're 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 um you're gonna get you're gonna um let's see from uh, from a formula standpoint you want to make twenty percent over with that one point two oh you want to make twenty percent over you know the the difference between what your net income is and your your mortgage payment 
Yeah. At the end 20%. of the day, twenty percent. So, so okay. If, so, if, if the note's a thousand, you want to make at least twelve hundred. They, they want to see that. Exactly. Okay. So that twenty percent, that means you're making two hundred dollars. You know, on that home, that's giving you enough coverage. So if you collect rent for eight months, and now Susie does not pay rent for one or two months, is behind. You really, you can still use some of your cash flow to bridge you during that period of time. Gotcha. All right. So. These are some of the things that a lot of times you don't hear about, but that's what your lenders are looking at from an underwriting standpoint. That's what your investors are looking at from an underwriting standpoint when they invest in your deals before they say yay or nay. So those, those metrics are very important. So it's all about scale and your growth strategy. We're looking to you know, grow. We're doing larger projects, so therefore debt is a friend to us. Anybody who's loaning money, I'll even wear a tie for you and show up, okay? <laughs> So I'll be on the internet looking at properties all wrong. I'd be looking at it like, ooh, that's big enough. Look, I, I was gonna <laughs> I say enough square footage. I could do something with that. I was gonna say I loan money, but he need 35 million. I need my 35 million. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I don't need so, all 35 million. We're gonna put our capital in, in the deal. So usually, you know, our deals can leverage anywhere from 65% if it's a market rate conventional deal, and we put 35% equity. So we participate the equity with somebody else. So I don't put, so if it's $100 million worth of project, no, we're not putting $35 million in. We're going to bring in other equity investors. And we may take that 35% and only invest 25% of that $35 million or 40% of it and bring in other partners in the deal. We're still in control and we're driving the deal. So we're looking at how to further leverage. It's not, you don't only leverage with debt, you also leverage with equity. So that's why you don't want to just sit on that capital because you want that cap. I don't want to put all 35 million if that's all we have in one grouping of deals. I want to put it and grow an organization where I can do multiple deals and continue um, to maintain over 100 or so million in development a year. To listen to or watch this full episode, be sure to check out the Social Proof Podcast on your favorite listening platform or on YouTube. Finally, you asked for it. And we created a Patreon, okay? We created an inner circle. We have amazing stories, amazing information, the how-tos from the episodes. The only thing we're missing is a community. So it's about that time. We put together our Patreon. We put together a community because we have to have conversation around the information. So even this podcast we're listening to right now, there needs to be conversation. I want to hear what you got. I want to hear what you got. Like, let's throw some stuff back and forth. And because we're a like-minded, we're all going in the same direction. When we connect, connect in the community, we can connect on other stuff outside the community because we're building real relationships. Okay. So check out the Patreon. We got three tiers. I don't care what tier you join. Um, the support is, um, the support is appreciated. What if I told you for $1, I will introduce you to hundreds of entrepreneurs every single morning this week. From all across the country, you'll be able to talk to hundreds of entrepreneurs and I'll coach you. I'll coach you for a dollar this whole week and I'll introduce you to some of my successful friends for a dollar this week. Would you, would you take part in that? Well, go to themorningmeetup.com because that's exactly what we're doing here, okay? The only organization that gathers entrepreneurs every single day for the betterment of entrepreneurship, okay? Every single day, Monday through Friday, we gather, we're growing, we're learning. We got a book club. Have you ever seen hundreds of entrepreneurs reading the same book? Every single chapter, every single day, we're growing together, okay? You need the environment to grow in. Themorningmeetup.com, a dollar. I'm gonna give you all this for a dollar. If you wanna stay, 
great. It's $79 a month after that. If not, no obligation. You can leave whenever you want. All right, themorningmeetup.com. I'll see you in the morning. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.